Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors. Here at Fertility Warriors HQ, we believe in three things, grace, grit, and gratitude. We don't believe you have to be perfect to fall pregnant, but we do believe that you need to place yourself and your well-being at the top of your priority list. I'm your host, Robin Birkin. For some people, trying to conceive is a cakewalk. I was not one of those people. My journey was years in the making and included IUIs, IVF and a miscarriage, as well as many, many tears before we fell pregnant with our first child. Now I'm the author of the book, Screw Infertility, and the founder of a 12-week mind-body fertility program, the Fertility Warrior Intensive. I'm here to help you not only navigate these waters, but to help you feel like a badass in the process. My superpower? Helping Taipei women find calm, confidence, and happiness in their journey. I'm a little woo-woo, a lot straight shooter, and I swear like a sailor. Sorry, mom. I've never turned down a bowl of mashed potato, and if you like salt and pepper, mm, I think we'll get along just fine. So hit that subscribe button and tune in for tips, advice, and real talk every week. I promise you, I'm not daggy. Okay, maybe a lot daggy, but subscribe anyway. Enough small talk, let's do this thing. Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Fertility Warriors. I'm beyond excited to be chatting with you today. And today's chat is in response to a Q&A that we had this April in the Fertility Warrior family, which is our Facebook group for people who join the Fertility Warrior Intensive. The Fertility Warrior Intensive, if you don't know, is my 12-week holistic program. It's a mind-body program designed to help you cope with everything that comes your way with infertility to help you get some clarity on what decisions you should be making, to help really support you in making sure that your brain doesn't send you insane on your fertility journey, but also to help you help your fertility. It's based on evidence-based strategies and a lot of research, and it comes with yoga, Pilates, meal plans, like seriously, the whole shebang. But what I wanted to tell you as well, before we go any further, is that I have a masterclass called Conquer Stress, Fuel Fertility that talks about some of the ways in which our brains can contribute to sabotaging our fertility, make us feel like we're doing all of the things and nothing seems to be working or it's just like rolling shit uphill. And how does that occur? Like what is going on with us, particularly in today's society, but, you know, also on our fertility journeys that is contributing to that. Things like, you know, why you come with the best comebacks after an argument the day after instead of in the moment of the argument. Just triggering your fight or flight response is not what is necessarily sabotaging your fertility, but what happens after that, the difference between, you know, like chronic stress versus just stress. So robinberkin.com slash conquer stress. I had an Instagram DM from a lady called Chrissy who was like, oh my gosh, that masterclass was amazing. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. So if you would like to watch it, robinberkin.com slash conquer stress. And in that, I talk about how you can join the Fertility Warrior Intensive with more than $3,000 worth of bonuses if that's something that you want to do. So if you'd like to learn more, then head over. You can look at the show notes if you want the link there. You can Instagram DM me if you want the link, but it's 
slash conquer stress. Okay. So we had this question in our monthly Q&A for the Fertility Warrior Intensive that talked about getting a second opinion and the process of getting a second opinion from your specialist. And I'm a big advocate for doing that, particularly when you feel like you are not getting answers. But one of the things that I said that resonated with some of the members in the monthly Q&A was don't be afraid to ask for a second opinion, to ask for your records so that you can get a second opinion because you're worried about offending your fertility specialist. Seriously, the stakes are very high. You are paying a lot of money and this is not something that, you know, 10 years down the track, you can be like, okay, now I've changed my mind. This is a really important thing. So you need to feel confident enough to be able to advocate for yourself in getting a second opinion if you are having some second thoughts or there's some nagging thoughts in the back of your mind. You need to have the confidence to do that. And that has inspired today's podcast episode, which is all about, you know, advocating for yourself and 10 things you're allowed to say to your medical team. Okay. So number one, the first thing that you're allowed to say to your medical team is, can you please slow down? When we're in our appointments with fertility specialists, other practitioners and modalities, Sometimes it feels like they're speaking another language. Sometimes it feels like they are rushing you through an appointment. And I know that they have to schedule a particular time limit. Maybe it's a 15-minute appointment or a 20-minute or a half-an-hour appointment. However, you are entitled to understand and it's in your best interest to understand what's going on. And if they don't have the time to explain it, maybe they can send you to a nurse who can explain it. Maybe they can schedule another longer appointment so that they can go through and explain to you so that you can feel more confident in the advice that they're giving you and the treatments that they're giving you. Because if you don't feel confident with the treatments, if you don't feel like you understand and have a good understanding of what is going on, then you're going to have second doubts. You're not going to understand the process correctly and you're going to feel very out of control. So you are allowed to say to them, especially when it feels like they're speaking gibberish, can you please slow down? Or even, can you please explain this to me like I'm five, right? Because, and this is the thing, is that doctors often don't realise, in my past life I was a marketing manager and this is true also for web development people, they just don't understand that not everybody understands. So they kind of, you know, get lost down their rabbit hole of technical terms and jargon and things like that. So you can say, can you please slow down? The other thing that you can say, number two, is can I please get a printout of that? In my Instagram, I'm going through a series of fertility clinic tips. And my number one tip that I gave was to always ask for a printout of your results. And here's why. Sometimes when we're in our appointments at the fertility clinic, we are all up in our limbic system, the emotional center of our brain, and that shuts down the logical, rational area of your brain, your like prefrontal cortex. So it's really hard for you to be fully present in the moment, like you're not in the game when you are in your limbic system, okay? One of the things that we teach in the Fertility Warrior Intensive is how can you get into that rational side of your brain 
and not be constantly living in the limbic system of your brain. But it's a highly emotional situation when you're in the fertility clinic's office. You can feel sometimes really intimidated and just feel like you're not thinking rationally. Like I said in point number one, it can feel like the appointment is going really, really quickly. And so if you ask for a printout of your results, that gives you the time to see what the results are in black and white. Often it is so much easier than you think to interpret your results because they give you a figure, then they on the side give you what the normal range is, okay? Then the person who has, you know, whatever it is, the I don't even know, the person who has analysed the results because it's not the GP has given a recommendation or a summary of, you know, if it's all normal, if there's, you know, something to look at and you can go home and you, I mean, yes, you don't want to be Googling things 24-7, but you can then Google to help yourself understand, right? And when we understand what's happening, when we understand our results, then we can feel so much more confident and so much calmer and have more trust that our specialist is doing the right thing or then think to ourselves, "Mm, maybe I'm going to get a second opinion about that. Sometimes in an appointment through no fault of their own, because they're in like a rush, sometimes I find that specialists and doctors will skip over certain little bits. It might have been an area that was fine, so they don't discuss it with you in the appointment, but then you are left thinking, well, what was the result of that? Sometimes they're like, yep, we're going to run all these tests. You go in for the blood test and you don't even know which tests they have run. So you don't even know yourself whether something is a normal result or an abnormal result, whether they've tested it, whether they haven't, because they've never told you the list of what they've tested for. So if you get a printout, you can go home, you can look at it when you're in a calmer, more rational state, and you can have a look for yourself at what tests they've run, what's normal, what's not normal, what the uh, outcomes of those tests were. So always feel comfortable saying, can I please get a printout of that? Number three, which is like a little bit of the inspiration of today's podcast is I'd like to get a second opinion. If you are having any doubts, if you are thinking to yourself, hmm, I wonder why they're doing the same thing over and over again, or hmm, that wasn't the best result, I wonder what someone else thinks. If you are having that thought, that means that yes, you should get a second opinion. And I do not want you to, for fear of embarrassment, for fear of offending someone who you are spending literally tens of thousands of dollars with, I do not want you to stop yourself from getting a second opinion, which could literally be a game changer for you because of that. So you can just say, I'd like to get a second opinion. And I promise you, they are a lot more desensitized to it. And that, if they were in your shoes, you best believe that they would not hesitate if they were having doubts or questions to say that to whatever doctor or specialist they were seeing. Number four is I've brought a list of questions. Can I ask them now? So in taking with you a list of questions, that means that you're not going to forget them. We do have to respect that they have time limits. And you know those appointments when you go there and you spend like two hours in the waiting room and then you kind of hate all like who is a person who has been sat there for an hour? But that doesn't mean you're not entitled to ask those questions. You are. Maybe they can 
say to you, look, we don't have the time today, but schedule another appointment and let's sit and have an appointment when we can go through your questions. Or they might say, email the questions. Or they might say, here, let me take you to one of the nurses and she'll be able to answer those questions. However, you are fully entitled to have answers to every question that you need. Let me remind you, you're a paying customer. You are a paying customer. This is your body. This is your life. It's important and the stakes are high. So you have every right to ask whatever questions you want. I had someone, again, in the Fertility Warrior Intensive program who said, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm a different person because now I just call them when I have a question. That's what I want you to be like. If you feel like you have questions that need to be answered, feel empowered, feel confident that you can pick up the phone or you can take a list of questions to your specialist and say, I've brought a list of questions, can I ask them now? Okay, or call the clinic and say, I have a number of questions about this cycle. What is the best way for me to go get those questions answered? And the person on the other line will be happy to direct you or guide you or find the answer for you. Hey, Warrior, so sorry for interrupting, but I just wanted to jump in and see if you'd had the chance to check out my new little program, Warrior Rising. It's a five-day radical mood reset and I'm sure that you will love it. Head to robinburkin.com slash rise to check out my new program, Warrior Rising. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Number five, and I know that so many of you have probably had this response when your specialist says to you something along the lines of, "Mm, there's insufficient research to suggest that that would be effective or "Mm, there's not a lot of research on that or mm, something, something, something. What I want you to say is when you say there's insufficient research, are you able to unpack what you're looking for in a study? Because this is one of my biggest bugbears. Number one, there are some specialists who have read some really old research and because there is so much research and because there are so many journals, not necessarily up to speed, on what the latest research suggests. However, there are also a number of doctors and specialists who are looking for a double-blind placebo trial that has a huge cohort that, you know, measured certain things in certain circumstances. And the reality is that sometimes those studies aren't going to exist, particularly when it comes to fertility. Number one, because when we're dealing with things like embryos, there's a lot of those moral elements, but also it's different to something like breast cancer, okay? In terms of funding, in order to have studies funded, and we talk about this a lot with COVID as an example, COVID studies and COVID vaccines are something where the funding was readily available. Every government in the world has been like, oh, you want money to fund this study? Here it go. It has huge cohort groups that people like the FDA have fast-tracked submission of results. So the FDA, for example, you can submit like intention to conduct studies and they have eight months to just reply to you as to whether that's okay or not, something along those lines to complete that study. It takes such a long time. It's not sexy to fund studies because when people are studying things It doesn't mean that there's always going to be an answer or a big pharma cure that is going to make people a lot of money. 
Okay. So, but this is the thing. So sometimes the research just doesn't exist, but sometimes what we're looking at is something that has no real chance of actually causing harm or a negative impact. It could have no impact on your success or an improvement in success rates. There are some treatments and things that are very, very unlikely to harm your chances of conceiving. And so some doctors will be like, well, there's insufficient research, but it's something that only has the opportunity to benefit a cycle, not the other way around. I hope that makes sense. So you can say, when they say there's insufficient research, but it's something that you really want to pursue, you can say, okay, so when you say there's insufficient research, are you able to unpack what you're looking for in a study or are you able to unpack for me some of the research that, you know, or some of the things that you have seen that make you suggest that, okay? Number six, I'm loving these questions. I hope you're loving these questions. Number six is, are there any other options or routes that we can take? So sometimes they will make you feel like there is only one way that this can go. And there are actually often many different types of cycles. There's many different types of treatments. There's many different things that you can try and you are not always presented with those options. Sometimes it might be something that you feel like you might have some real trauma around certain things, right? Or you have, there's a medication that made you feel awful, positively awful. And you can say, are there any alternatives available? And explain to them, this medication really made me feel quite awful. You know, or is there another route? Maybe you feel like you have a strong objection to a particular thing and you want to know, is there something else that we can do? So you can say to them, are there any other options or routes? Number seven, similar kind of thing is, I didn't feel great on that medication. Is there something else I can try? Seriously, there are so many things you can try. Uh, I know that in the United States, people do a lot of progesterone in oil. In Australia, we basically do suppositories. So different countries have different things. They have There's even, I think, other things that you can try in terms of progesterone, but there's many different medications that exist out there. You might have hyperstimulated after a cycle, so they might change you from a sandwich IVF cycle to an antagonist cycle or the other way around, from an antagonist cycle to a sandwich cycle. So there's all these different things that they know about that we don't necessarily know about that you can then ask them. You can say, look, this didn't make me feel great. What else can I try? Number eight, do you have any further printed resources that I can look at? So you might be just wanting to skill up and educate yourself more. You might, they, a lot of the time, they have lots of different printouts, lots of different resources, lots of other information that you can look at. Maybe there's a journal article that they've got printed somewhere that they hand out in certain circumstances, but sometimes you don't know if you don't ask for those kind of things, okay? So number eight is, do you have any further printed resources that I can look at? Number nine, this is important. This is also particularly important if you are seeing someone who is also an obstetrician gynecologist who deals a lot with pregnancy clients. 
How often do you treat this condition and what is your experience with it? So that might be diminished ovarian reserve. That might be that you are single and pursuing parenthood uh, through that avenue. You might be a same-sex couple. Maybe it's stage four endometriosis. But you can say to them, how often do you treat this condition and what is your experience with it? And that could be quite enlightening for you, especially if you are seeing someone who is not a specialist because they might say to you, "Mm, I only have one other endometriosis client. And you'll be like, yeah, okay. So whereas you might be seeing a specialist who specializes in endometriosis, who's like, I see 10 endometriosis clients per day. And then you can feel more confident or they might be suggesting a particular type of surgery for you and you will feel much more confident with someone who has much more experience in it. It's important for you to have trust in what someone is doing. So number nine is how often do you treat this condition and what is your experience with it? Number 10, my absolute favorite is, can you give me a little bit of a timeline and a game plan? Again, pet peeve of mine is specialists who keep doing the same shit over and over again. And I mean like six or seven times and expecting a different result. And had you known that that would happen at the beginning, maybe you would have chosen a different path. And I think it can be very empowering. I think it can help you take back a little bit of a control. And I help, and I feel like it can help you to understand where your specialist is going with things, to understand what their game plan is. You might, your doctor might say, okay, let's do an IUI cycle and this is what we'll do. And then you say to them, okay, can you explain to me like what is the timeline if this works or if if this doesn't work and what's the game plan here? Like how many are we going to do? And they might say to you, well, protocol at our clinic is that we'll do two IUI, then we'll move on to two IVF cycles before we look at da-da-da-da-da, right? They might get really affronted and be like, I can't give you a game. Can we do that single by single? And then you that might help you feel like, well, I feel great with that answer or I don't feel great with that answer. And I'm not sure if I, you know, I want to pursue seeing this person again and again. You he might say, they might say to you, Well, we'll keep doing, you know, IUIs until we have a reason not to. And you would you might say, Well, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. But asking them for what is the game plan can help you understand in yourself what they're going to do and can help you feel like you have some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of continually feeling like you are progressing with your treatment. And I know that we all hope that we get pregnant on the very first cycle of whatever our fertility clinic is suggesting or our medical team is suggesting. Even if you are just like your general practitioner and they say to you, okay, let's run some preliminary tests and you're like, okay, well, what? And then what happens? And then what? right? Can help you feel like you're empowered. You know what's going on. You're progressing, even though we feel like, you know, we really want to fall or get pregnant on the very next cycle. It can help us feel confident that, you know, we're still taking steps forward if that doesn't happen. So I hope you really enjoyed listening to today's episode. I wish that I asked some of these questions on my journey, and I certainly did. I asked, I was so glad that I did. I asked for a timeline and a game plan with my specialist and he was he was always happy to put a figure on it. He was always happy to be like, okay, and then we do this and you know what, 
that's two years down the track. We're not going to worry about that until two years. And that made me feel like I had some peace of mind on my journey. So like I said, if you would like to know more about what I mean, basically what I do is help you understand how your brain might be sabotaging your fertility and your sanity. If you want to learn more and jump on my masterclass, we've just updated and launched it again. It's at robinburkin.com slash conquer stress. Loved chatting with you today. And I can't wait to chat with you next week as well. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Fertility Warriors. You know that I love chatting with you every single week. If you like this podcast, please make sure you go ahead and subscribe and share it with anyone, be it on your Instagram or your other socials, to let them know that this has been helpful for you too and that it might be helpful for them. Please make sure also that you give us a five-star rating and I would love, love, love a review. They always make my day and they help other people find the podcast. So it kind of helps the search engine juices or the internet juices push this podcast out to other people when there are a number of ratings and reviews. And if you feel like infertility is starting to get the best of you and your emotions are starting to get a bit wonky, then make sure you check out my new mini program, Warrior Rising. Head to robinburkin.com slash rise and check it out. It's a five-day mini mindset transformation and it will definitely help pick up your mood, help you feel calmer and help you feel more in control of your journey. Head to robinburkin.com slash rise to find out more about my new program, Warrior Rising. Warrior Rising.